Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi, and welcome to the RPG Show. My name's Brent. I'm your host. This is a show we rate, review, and talk about RPGs. And with me today, I have two of the four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. First up, I have Nick. Oh, God, the Pastels Gantner. How you doing, man? Felt like Easter 24-7. <laughs> and next up, we have Blaine peaked at 13J, man. What's happening? Not a lot. Not a whole lot. All right. Uh, Blaine, who's been on the show before, you are the host of the Is It Worth It podcast. You want to tell us a little bit about that before we move on? Uh, yeah, up until recently, it's basically a show where I pull a game down from the shelf, I rate and review it, these games are typically rare and valuable, and then I tell you whether or not I feel it's worth it from a collector's standpoint. Although the last show, a la your request, I just talked about gaming tips and whatnot, and actually it's been my biggest show to date with the most uh, responses from my audience, so I gotta thank you on that one. Yeah, it was a, it was a really interesting show, um, I think you should do a multi-parter on that one, like, you know in like a few months down the road, just do another follow-up. But this is not the place to discuss it. Um, today, we're talking about Paladin's Quest, gentlemen. Paladin's Quest for the NES. Paladin's Quest, if I can say it one more time, um, was released, it published by Enix in North America in 1993. Before that, it was like Asmic Corporation or something like that in Japan. But Enix published it here in the U.S. Um, it has a sequel, but that was only released in Japan. Um the major thing that sets the same, this game apart from others of the time is instead of using something, you know, awesome like MP, we, you know, when a player casts a spell, it takes away their hit points. So um, that was that. Um, so, but it makes kind of sense, though, like if you're using your life energy to trans- transform it into another kind of type of energy. So. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's, it's bad. I mean, it's just different. Your memory serves it. Really doesn't hurt as much as you're letting on. Uh, it can. It can well, early on. Sometimes. But well, I if mean, you if you have a guide, it'll tell you how much HP actually spell each each spell takes. So it's not too bad. It may even appear in the uh, instruction manual. I mean, this is from an era where instruction manuals were important. I could pull down my copy, but I'm lazy. Yeah, I did not. That's that's actually something I often do on old. Like, I'll see if I can find like a scanned copy of the. Uh, the manual and I could not find one on this or I didn't look on this time. So it might've been in the manual, but have it what you may. Um, and when I was looking for sort of, uh, people's reception on this game, like how people thought of it, it's kind of, it's like people either love it or they hate it. Like there's no, it was okay. Opinions out there. It's like, this is the worst RPG I've ever played, or this is a gym and you have to play it sort of attitude out there. So, um, but we'll get sort of right into what we think about it. For people new here, we break this down into a few categories. We got gameplay, story, music, visuals, replayability, and our overall experience. And we give them a score from one to five or some variation of that if Nick feels the need to stretch the rules. So Which is always. <laughs> first up, we'll talk about gameplay. So like we mentioned, um, 
in this game, it's a turn-based game. Uh, you inst- when you the game sort of focuses around what they call spiritualists, which are wizards, and the game's titled Paladin's Quest. So there's some sort of weird mix-up in there. Don't want to know. Um, it's probably because Enix was like, nobody wants to buy a game called Lennis. Yes, or that's true. Spiritual Quest or the spiritual? I don't know, like. They could have said uh, like Mage Quest. Uh, Chesney's Adventure. Chesney's Adventure, yeah. Whatever. Misadventure. Come on now. Hey, yeah, the misadventures of It's a Me, a Chesney. Wow. <laughs> well, it's just because, like, the beginning paragraph of the game is like, uh, yeah, this, so this is the uh, story of Chesney's misadventures. Enjoy. And you're like, okay. Hey, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does start off that way. It, it's like, let's, let's, because, I mean, the game really starts off with, you know, you, somebody triple dog daring you and you, uh, blowing up the world, so that's a thing. Um, well, the kid's thirteen. He's like, "Oh, I'll put my hand here, bam, destroy the world." I also liked how the the elder, the master, or whatever. He's like, "Yeah, you just kind of killed everybody, and you got to save the world." But I can't help you, even though you're thirteen years old. Mm. Yeah, that's that's more. We'll get. It's a different in, era. We'll get into that in story. We'll get into that story. But um, there are what is it? Uh, eight or ten magics, magic classes. I'm trying to think. Eight. Eight. Um, and you progress up each of those. Each spell is a combination of one to two magic. So, uh, like, you know, there's a fire spell that's double fire, a fire mixed with air, a fire mixed with heart, fire, like each one has a combination. So, um, and you unlock those by training in each town. Uh, that's sort of your, your character levels up, gain stats, uh, you buy equipment, but you can only buy equipment and change stuff on, Two main characters. You have a four-player party, two characters, Chesney and Midia. I guess is how you'd say that. Um, yeah, and then uh, you hire mercenaries to fill the other two spots if there's not like a story character. But I don't. I'm trying to think of a story character that actually filled the third spot. Uh, there's I don't the, is it Fritz? Is, Fritz. It's some on occasion. Then I think there's the one that like turns traitor on you on the in the in the prison. Right. You have to take that person or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. I can't remember his name, but yeah. Um, there's there are a few, but uh, more often than not, the other two are filled by by mercenaries. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um. And to me, at face value, mercenaries seems like a cool idea. Like each town you go in, you can go to the tavern and hire some weird off the wall guy to do things with you but it was it felt like almost a lazy way to not because you can't upgrade their equipment so you just replace them in the next town and that almost stays that stays true with the exception of maybe one or two towns like when you get to the next town you see who the mercenaries are and you replace yours because they're more than likely have um better armor higher um, spirit affinity you know, so on and so forth, better uh, healing bottles, that kind of thing, right off the gate. So, why would you keep your old guys? Yeah, for the most part. So, I mean, and so you really, I think I he- I held on to maybe it was wild for a long time. Um, and I then really liking nails. Nails is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he can't heal nails. Nails is a robot. So what? You have to find a what is it a toolbox or something like that. Um, the only the only way I could find out to heal him is to heal him in battle or to drop him and then just use an S tavern to get him back. Get him back, yeah. I, I believe there is a items that you can find throughout the game that you don't have any other use for. It's like a toolbox or something like that, and it doesn't seemingly have a use. And those are used to heal nails. 
I never found any of those. My favorite, um, oh shit, what was his name? Oh my god, I picked mouth? him up. So, not mouth. I used mouth and hawk at the end. There was the, yeah. debatably the so, best two. But or peppy um, or pippy or something. Peppy, you could use peppy, but I just use mouth and hawk. Yeah, for sure. um, yeah, that's what I use too. Oh god, it's the it's the ghost guy. God, what was his name? He was cool because he's like the only one that like has any real story to him. Mm. Oh my god. All right. So, what did you guys think about the gameplay? Do you have anything to add? As far as gameplay is concerned, yeah. I mean, it, it the battles play kind of like uh, a Dragon Warrior or early Dragon Warrior games. But I, as a kid, I really liked the fact that you could incorporate uh, different body parts into attacking. You know, um, like you could randomly some helmets would give you an attack, like yeah. and you would headbutt them with your head or whatever, and or you could choose right arm, left arm, etc. And so. like uh, Sophia's gown casts like a magic wall spell. Yeah, sure. Um, I remember uh, is who I'm thinking of. Bean. Oh, okay. Uh, there was like a praying mantis guy that had like Tomfa uh, as a weapon, which is like an arm of a praying mantis, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was nifty as a kid. Uh, looking back, it's probably not as innovative as I remember, but it's still pretty cool. And then your spells, as you cast them, also level. So the more you cast a spell, they get better and better, and their animations actually change. So that's pretty neat, too. Yeah, yeah, they become a little more complex, a little... I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, it's nothing uh, earth shattering, but it is cool. Um, they, right. uh, they, uh, shit. What about you, Nick? How did you feel about gameplay, like when you started playing and stuff? Yeah. Uh, well, I was perturbed that you couldn't, that you had to use the D pad to like pick everything in the menus. Like that bothered me for a little bit. Then I kind of got adjusted to it. And I can't determine whether I think it's a quicker way to actually make actions in combat, or if I'd rather press like press like left, confirm, right, confirm, whatever. It is until you're not fighting the monster on the right of the screen. Like as long as you're fighting the guy on the right of the screen, just hold that that D pad to the right and you just go about your business. But anytime you have to like stop and move another way, I think it slowed it down. But I know what you're talking about. Um, that and I liked. Going back on what um, Blaine was saying, that um, with the option of using anything on your body, like kind of thing, um, like other games, if you wanted to do that, like you have an equipped item, you had to go into your item inventory and then select the usable item. And I appreciated that it was actually there on the screen for you because a lot of the time in most games, they don't explain that, hey, you can use an item in battle and it gives you a different effect. This method of presentation kind of presents that to you without telling you at the same time like yeah if you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. sure i thought that was like I not mean, really it, innovative but like it felt like something that was, should be naturally applied to more games yeah definitely every time i got a new mercenary i would try you know everything that they had each time and like sometimes you find something you know pretty sweet uh how did we feel about the difficulty of the game um because i found um Past a certain point, it was incredibly easy because, uh, like I was telling Nick in pre-show, every time I got a new uh, energy or spirit or whatever they called it, I would essentially go outside that town and just farm it up to max. So I yeah, was just often, spam it, man. So I was often uh, way out-leveled for what I was doing after a certain point. But there did feel like there were points where there would be a huge spike in difficulty and the power of the monsters where they'd go from hitting you for 
you know, like uh, 30 damage. Now they're hitting you for 80. Now they're not hitting you for 80, 90. Now they're hitting you for 200. Now they're not hitting you for 200. They can hit you for 500. It's like, whoa there, chief. Like that is a big jump in in uh, how the sausage is made. So I didn't know if you guys experienced any of the same thing or. um, Well, uh, as the audience doesn't know yet, but uh, when I played this 20 years ago or so, um, I was able to beat it as a 13-year-old or whatever I was, so it couldn't have been too terribly difficult, but then again, you know, when you were that age, we were all much more tenacious. Um, I did get to play a little bit. Unfortunately, the copy I have, its save feature didn't work, so I only got so far in the game before I had to turn it off. Um, I didn't seem to have any problem with it, but uh, it probably does spike all these older games. Uh, a lot of them do that, so... How about you, Nick? Did you discover any of that like I did? Um, yeah, but it's nothing new. Like yeah. most old games, it's you have to grind at every new area you get to for a while and then move on. Yeah. So like it just it didn't feel like it kind of felt natural. Like, all right, this is what I'm expecting kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'll just do it and then get it over with and keep going on. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel it's fair because, I mean, it's par for the course, as you're saying. It just, you know, sometimes in a game, uh, it does feel like it it's sort of an arf- artificial extension on the length of the game because you're like, all right, now I have to stop, and they're hitting me for most of my health, so I have to do this until they're not doing that or I can handle it. But those first, you know, half dozen battles when you're grinding levels or so, you got to stop every time and you got to heal up and the way healing works in this game you got to go into the inventory select where the thing is then select the character and then it completely exits out of the menu so you have to do it all over again um so there were some of that some of that grinding especially early on took forever um you could have just run from a lot of combat if you really felt like it yeah but then you're not gaining experience that's true uh i'm kind of the type of gamer i'll uh i'll sit there for just hours grinding so i'm the wrong guy to to talk to about such things i can you know listen to podcasts or be watching television i have two tvs in my game room so i can just walk in circles and grind forever so it's not really an issue for me but i could see where it would be for someone else you know yeah i mean i'm not i mean i i don't have a problem doing it you know, like i spoke to nick early on in um us playing this game is because secretly i mean i haven't sounded like it so far but I actually kind of really like this game for what it is. Like, um, I accept its faults, and I I think it was like a a pleasant change of pace from what we've done so far. And so I I didn't have a problem doing it. It's just when I would sit there and I'd be doing it, and then I would look at the time, and I'd be like, shit, I've been fucking grinding for two hours, and I haven't actually accomplished anything other than gaining levels and um, spirit affinity. So it's like, oh god, what did I do with my life? Um, yeah, kind of it's, it's definitely a title that could benefit from if you're playing on an emulator to, you know, speed it up. Or if you're playing on the original SNES, uh, on my attempted playthrough, I was definitely going to use the old Game Genie to, you know, make things a little easier on myself because I did want to complete it in, you know, in time. So that's that's something that anyone listening that may want to play it might think of doing, you know. Yeah. Um. So uh, does anybody, I mean... I guess we talk about this in gameplay. Um, what did so? There's the crystal maze. Uh, anybody want to speak on the crystal maze before I uh, I lose my shit on it? I honestly don't remember. So, 
okay, crystal maze. I used to I used to walk through, so it's not really. And I recommend totally using a walkthrough because basically what it is is this is how you get the spirit spell, and you're in this maze, and as you move, there's a little ball of goo or whatever that moves two spaces for every move you make, and you're in this maze, and the object is get to the center without getting caught by the thing because if it catches you, oh, yeah. it's super creepy and it's gonna rip your ass into you know give your hemorrhoids a once once over and you know fucking go about its business so i when we play these games most times unless i am pressed for time i am going to play it until i get stuck and if i get stuck then i'll consult some sort of external source of information whether that be a walkthrough or a game guide or whatever um so i had to have tried that maze at least a fucking dozen times before i wanted to throw my controller across the room and there are a few moments where I, I got stuck and I, I consulted a guy and I'm like, really? That's the dumbest thing. So, um, but the Crystal Maze is definitely one of them. Um, if anybody goes out there and plays this game, I recommend consulting. Don't don't pull a me and try and figure it out because, like, it has a set path. So you can sort of find, and unless it sees you, it has a set path. So um, you can just, you can trial and error it over enough times but like there's a one point where you gotta like between two squares you gotta move back and forth at least like half a dozen times until it decides to take another path because if you do it just one, three or four times it looks like it's doing the same thing every time you go but that sixth or seventh time it breaks off and goes another direction you're like haha run for the fucking finish line so I don't know it just feels dumb and I can't imagine anybody had a good time with that before the having the ability to really look things up you know what yeah, I'm saying I- I vaguely remember it now that you describe it. I, I just, you know, it's one of those things as a kid you just got through. So, but yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I guess if I was playing it when I had more patience or, as you say, tenacity, um, I probably would have written it down, like try to like map it out and be like a, a, a clever young child. But that was par uh, for the course, yeah. But uh, now, no, I was so mad. I was just like, what is this is the dumbest thing. And then the uh, so the walkthrough I did have open, there was no way to follow that thing, so I had to go find another source that had it broken down real easy that I could follow while holding a baby, looking at a smartphone, trying to do the thing on the controller. So, um, that that's how that went. Uh, Shit, dude. I mean, hey, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. So, uh, yeah, that's basically all. Does anybody have anything they want to add before we score up the gameplay on this bad boy? No. Um, I would say other than some quality of life issues, I didn't really find anything too bad about the gameplay. Yeah, I mean, like the yeah. equipment menu was kind of a pain in the ass. Where instead of being able to pick what item slot you want to equip things on, you have to go through the whole list of your equipment. But I think I'm with you on the the largest hindrance in gameplay to this game is the user interface. I think mm-hmm. um, if they had polished up a lot of the user interface, but um, it would have been better. It could have been leagues better with a better user interface. That was most of the shitty experience to me, at least. I think we had the same. What was the no- oh, man? I'm trying to think. Of, what was the other game we shed on the user interface for like half an hour? Was it Arcanum that we just so hated that user interface? Oh, because that's I probably that's the only game I really hated that we've played so far. Okay. No mon. I mean, you hated Digimon World and Monster Seed too. I was gonna say. I, mean, I, I strongly disliked them. I could play them again. I could not try to play Arcanum again. Okay, mm. that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the user interface is the largest um, 
detractor to the gameplay in this game. So we will start with Nick. What did what score are you give in the gameplay on this one? I'll give it a three. Give it a three. It's like nothing like astoundingly innovative or anything, but nothing so tried and true that it just became like a slog, you know? Like mm-hmm. nothing like it felt like a unique experience at least for a little bit, and then you kind of just get adjusted to it and you're like, oh, it's just the same as any other game I've played really. Yeah, because once I think once you pass that first initial difficulty curve, like you just sort of fall in place and kind of do things the way they are. So I'm I'm gonna kind of be right there with you where I find it is um, a good example of the way games of the era went, but at the same time, um, the user interface and like how you interacted with some things, especially like the equipment and like how you you rely on these bottles. To, to heal you and sort of like every time you use one it exits out and there are points between when you have the main bottle and you get the next highest bottle that you, you have to use like three or four times to fully heal the character and that's just fucking trifling so I'm giving it 2.5 alright Mr. J what you got for me uh through nostalgia I'd have to give it a 5 but if I'm being realistic I'm gonna say 3.5 three, 3.5 five. Three, five? yeah any reasoning on that well, I, as I said, I did go back and play it a little bit, and uh, you know, my memory of it was that it was very smooth and easy. And uh, after having replayed it, the little that I did get to play, I, I kind of was like, oh, yeah, it's not quite as good as I remember, but still a very um, relatively easy to use system and whatnot for for the time. And you know, somewhat innovative, maybe wrongly on some accounts, but still very pleasant. Yeah, and I. I think um, we talked about this in one of our early episodes where we were saying um, that one of the purposes of us doing this show is to sort of look at games we did play, see if they hold up, and sort of expand knowledge on the genre as a whole. And it sort of gives you a better perspective on how things play. And like like you're saying, uh, you can look at a game with nostalgia, like, oh, man, this is the best experience I've ever had, and then go back to play it after I've played more games, even games of the era, that you're like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that really wasn't that good. I mean, it was all I had exposure to, so it felt great, but now that I have a wider lens to look at it, it's like, ooh, boy. But 3.5 is fair. I would say, as a child, if I had played like Dragon Warrior or the first Final Fantasies, and then jumping into a game like this, it would have felt a whole lot better than those other games because there were more options available to you. Or at least, yeah. Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, you good. I, I was just gonna say I, I did start with Dragon Warrior, and you know that was my inception into RPGs. So when I did find this, you know, I'd already had a couple other. Uh, big titles like Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy 2 slash 4 in the U.S. under my belt. And this is one of those games that I, I rented only after renting every other thing that looked like an RPG, Draken and all those terrible, you know. And it was, okay, I'll get it. And, you know, I, I didn't expect much. And then when I played it, it was wonderful. But I, I think if you go in with the mindset also of this is a bad game, then it's a much better game than you were expecting. And if you're thinking it's going to be good, you know, then it's not going to meet those expectations. And I, I definitely think that's fair because I, I when I when we sat down to play, um, everything I looked like at initial glance, everyone's like, "Oh, this is the worst thing ever." So I'm like, "Oh God, what are we in for?" And then I said, "I'm like, hey, this mm-hmm. is okay. Like, <laughs> I'm a okay with this thing. This is fine." Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, moving to story, uh, Nick, you want to break down the story on this bad boy for me? Um, you, you want me to do it? 
I mean, like just the general plot synopsis is your main character. Uh, he's he was like he's he was found out to be magically talented or whatever, and he gets into this magician school and he's there learning for a while supposedly. Then he gets like you said earlier, dared to go explore this tower thing. And then he gets up there, accidentally triggers this gigantic weapon that can destroy the world. And then he's got to go off and save the day. And then after doing some stuff and getting stronger as a person and as a character, he goes back to stop like this evil dictator dude from destroying the world. And... Yep. So basically, like you said, uh, you, you trigger Dalgren, which is essentially a doomsday device or whatever. Um, then you start, a, you start kind of, you're, first you're chasing down this great spiritualist that has the answers. Then you're on this other continent and you're fighting this 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 dictator. Like you get wrapped up in this um, resistance thing, and then at some point, like you have, you get you get these legendary uh, armor pieces that are supposed to help you stop the big bad guys, like Zygos or whatever his name is. Um, and he essentially whoops your ass, and then you get imprisoned. You fight your way out. Your armor, like your cool shit, gets destroyed. So then you're like, "Oh no, what do we do?" At which point you get spent back into time, and you become the things that the Cormu guy does because he's actually sick in bed. So everything that Cormu does in Legends actually your character is sent back in time. So timey wimey things, and then you got to give the armor back so you can't bring that forward. But they're like, "Ah, oh, there's the secret spell or whatever that you use for all the things." So then you go do my favorite uh, Crystal Maze thing. You answer some trivia questions, which is the cool thing I think this game does when you're given story beats, like the character would ask you, now what did I tell you to do and make you repeat it so that you know what you're (laughs) supposed to do? That was cool. Um, And then you go to fight the final bad guy. You find out that um, Dal Grin or whatever actually only, uh, like, what it makes to destroy the world is based on whoever triggered it. So essentially you're fighting the thing that your worst character traits are or whatever. It was really weird and convoluted. I didn't quite understand what was going on there. And then you beat the guy, then he merges with your evil thing and then you fight it second boss style. And then it goes down and your character is like poor guy. And then like, okay, whatever. And then you win and you talk to all the mercenaries you had. And that's the, at some point there's a revelation that you are of the same origin as, um, the three heroes like Grinnis, um, uh, Cormul and, uh, Sophie. So like, there's a lot of that stuff laid in there. Um, what I liked about the story, it was that they sort of had this sort of cool, like there's all these folk tales and legends of these heroes of past kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't like is some of the um, underlying sci-fi elements felt a little weak. Like just they kind of wanted robots, so they kind of found a way to make these things robots, you know, instead of being some other thing. So some of that stuff felt a little weird to me. Um, but what about you guys? How did uh, Blaine? How'd you feel about the story on this one? Uh, you know, I remember it being much better than it is. I did read a quick synopsis, uh, and it didn't sound nearly as in-depth <laughs> as it is. A lot of people online also uh, criticize its um, translation and whatnot. And apparently this game didn't have the budget that it needed to have to really get everything done in time for its uh, release. So a lot of things were kind of quickly done and kind of yeah. cliche and, uh, you know, basic. And, 
Yeah, I I guess it's not the best storyline. I probably have to rate it two five. Two five is that what you go ahead and give it two five? Yeah, I think so. All right, Nick, how did you feel about the story on this one? Um, like it felt okay, I guess. Like I wasn't really motivated by the story like yeah. in this game. I was just more like. Like it was kind of like, okay, well, what's the next thing that's going to happen uh, yeah. kind of thing. And like you said, some of the, the folklore and like kind of the the world-building elements I can get behind, but the active like quest thing, I didn't feel like the sense of urgency that it should have been there. Like you just like, like the first five minutes of the game, you pretty much you doom the world and then it's like, uh, all right, we'll figure it out. And you're like, mm, okay. Well, you right. doom the world, you go to another continent, and that guy has made another thing like the thing that you doomed the world with, so you have to stop him do that while the thing that you started to doom the world with is doing the thing on the other continent, and then there's time travel. Like, it really felt like they wanted a layered story and fit, like, fell in their face. Like, honestly. A little bit. Yeah, so, so I'm like... Like, the story wasn't the best part of this game, in my opinion. Or right. remotely even close to being the best part of the game, but... It's still better than some of the storylines we've played through. Yeah, I will agree. It's better than some, um, but it was... It felt generic, but at the same time, there was some... I felt like there, it could have been better um, mm-hmm. if they, they dropped focus on a few things and picked up focus on others. Um, like, I think I've expressed before in games we played where um, they try and put more elements in the story than than is needed and kind of makes things feel convoluted and they could have strengthened one or two storylines and gotten rid of a third or fourth and i think this game kind of suffers from that so um i'm gonna give it a two personally that's 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 what i'm giving it what about you nick i would also give it a two all right so um next up is music now there were a few things with music. First up, let's just let's just. I, I got kind of confused for a little while about which game I was playing because this sounds like Final Fantasy. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. I mean, sounds it, good to me. It's it's. I'm not saying it's bad. It just right. it it really sounded well. That's what I expect to hear. You know, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. It kind of sounded familiar, like yeah, I had I heard was- it before. I was actually pleasantly surprised with the whole soundtrack to this game. No, like, definitely. Like, from looking at the visuals, I was like, fuck, I can't wait to get into a battle and listen to whatever the fuck, like, pastel music <laughs> is going to pop up. And then, like, the first fight, I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, I can get down with this. This is uh, this is definitely something no, good. Like, I don't care if it's generic or whatever. Like, you, you throw that word out like it's goddamn fucking a dozen of, you got, you got you got a carton of eggs and you just pull out generic 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 whatever Anytime you want to crack a new egg um but i don't i thought the music was good for the most part i'm not yeah i'm not saying like it was easily the best part of the game to me was the music because like yeah. most often if i'm playing a game and the music's bad and britney's around she's gonna ask me to turn that shit down all right, so she can do something, or she could be on her phone, but she'd be over there just humming away whatever th- sound I was playing. Unless you know, but there are some pretty like I mean, there's this. I mean, what is this shit? Do we really need ragtime music? And yes, oh, that are, of course. Before it's any of, billion. Before any of you say, oh, but it's in like Final Fantasy, or it's in it's, it sucks there too, bro. Like. 
Come on, nobody needs ragtime music in their game. It makes zero sense in the setting, so don't do it to me. Um, uh, what other kind of music in the Planet Bar? Not, I mean, regular music? Every time I go to the bar, I, I ask for um, Little Brown Jug to be played. Oh, that's, that's I mean, you know. That's a deep cut. That, that, that hurts me, really. I mean, I feel like no. um, if you were at the bar I was at, I might murder you. So, um, but there's also awesome, not awesome stuff like this. Like the transport music. Not a fan of that either. But yeah. there there is some, some cool stuff. Um, this is the Holy Sanctuary team. I did like this. Like kind of uh, cathedrally. Like a lot of it was really appropriate and kind of cool. There are multiple battle themes, which are always awesome. Um, Speaking of, I really enjoyed that depending on where you were in like you could be in a dungeon and go through different fields or the different screens and the battle music could change. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, change I mean, things up a bit, yeah. you got some some more cathedrally stuff there. But that one's kind of fast-paced, kind of like that. And then I think this is this one's more like ragtimey stuff. I don't, no, this is the, the one that gets you to play. Like, you got to convince the bartender, the piano guy to play. The got him lullaby. But the music's actually pretty good. Um, it's really good. So, I mean, like I said, um, with the exception of a few pieces that felt like I had heard them before, I mean, most of it's actually pretty enjoyable. Um, so, I mean, I don't, only time will tell if I remember any of it. If, you know, I'll be kind of driving, it'll be quiet, and I'll, uh, I'll start humming it, then, then we'll really know. But for now, uh, you know, I'm going to give it a, a four, personally. What about uh, you, Nick? What are you giving it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a 4.5, and I would say, like every time you say, like I, I feel like I've heard it before. Like, I feel like it's a harsh judgment to make against a game because, especially a game that was released in the U.S. as early as this one, because this was released before a lot of games in the U.S. Uh-huh. that we that are better, quote unquote. Okay. Right. Um, and when you're like, I feel like I've heard the music before. In the context, this was before all those other music Possibly. Possibly. things that came out. Possibly, but I mean, like we said, it's it's hard not. I mean, when I when I talk when we talk about music, and I'm talking about like I separate music out in my head um, of style, like I separate it out by by sort of era. So you have like eight bit, sixteen bit, thirteen bit, so on forth, so forth. So that's kind of how I separate it out, and uh, you know, I just kind of I put it against what I know from from that era, and. Before or after, you know, if it feels the same, I mean, if it's exceptional, then it, it'll obviously stand out more. If 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 it sort of fades into where I'm not actually hearing it when it's playing, then to me, it is average. You under, you kind of see what I'm saying? No, I can completely understand what you're saying, but I feel like if you're compartmentalizing and then comparing it to other things that is taking instead of taking it on its own merit, you're doing it a disservice. Well. I mean, that's what I'm gonna say, but because I, I do agree with you, like you, I will be playing some games and the music's atrocious, and I kind of tune it out or turn it off and play some of my own music or music from another game, and then you have games where the music's just semi or mostly just average, mediocre, and it turns into just background noise. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am gonna compare it against like, uh, a what I know, because if I if I don't compare it against anything, then I, I, what is it really? What does its merit stand for if not compared against other things? 
well, music is an emotional experience. So how does it make you feel? Like, does it match where it's going on? Like, what's it taking place on the screen? Like, does it uh, conflict with anything like that? Is it conflicting with anything that they've established thematically earlier on in the game? That's assuming that I have a regular emotional response to music. Like, not everybody uh, experiences music or art of any kind the same. I agree. So and I mean, I'm just gonna stop talking right now. Well, no, I, th- I think it's a fair discussion <laughs> to have. So, like, I'm saying, like, uh, you could you can view it as how does the music make me feel? How does it, uh, like, does it motivate me? Or um, is this is this is this piece effective? Look at it from like a, a more analytical point of view. Is this piece effective? Is it different? Is it trying to do something different? Does it succeed at doing something different? Without the same way that you know there are multiple ways to view like movies right so somebody can look at a movie as a pure emotional experience while somebody can look at it as a technical experience somebody can look at it from like a pop culture experience there's multiple ways to view it and i think it's fair if we have different ways to view it i agree i'm not saying your opinion is bad you that is exactly what you said you're just doing a disservice quote no quote no yes does it mean like you have a shitty opinion? I I merely, merely felt. Never mind. Just never mind. We're our scores are only half half a point different. It was more of a, a product of just overtime, like uh, with other things you've mentioned. But it's okay. I'm just I just, uh, just I can't smack here. All right, Blaine, what you give the music? What do you think about it? Uh, first of all, uh, sounding like Final Fantasy is not a bad thing. No. Um, I mean, you you could do a damn damn sight worse and the music may sound familiar to you because the composer of said music also worked on things like dragon ball z and mm-hmm. one piece i don't know if you're an anime lover but i think we've all watched dragon ball z um i think music in this game is great for especially for the era when it came out this is a 1993 release here in the states and that's you know as mm-hmm. relatively uh early on in the uh, super nintendo's library so uh, i i gotta give it a five out of five Right, that's fair. Uh, I think I think the music was great. I think it's above average. This is you know, it's not it's not going to end up on my playlist. You know, when I'm driving around, it's not going to happen. But hey, well, I I also don't listen to the music of any Super Nintendo game while I'm driving around. But oh really? I've got sure. That. No, no. I mean, come on, man. Well, that's because you're too busy listening to people talk. That's what I do. Too. Uh, yeah, I do listen to quite a few podcasts. This is true. So, uh, all right. Now on to. Uh, visuals nick tell me how you felt about the visuals in this game okay um the visuals were (laughs) were jarring at first um then they kind of in my opinion hold on hold on hold on on. somebody somebody mute their mic please because we got a lot of somebody vacuuming what are we doing back there who's that who's that is that me my if you can yeah can you like there we go all right okay um so at first they were jarring, and then it kind of they grew on me a little bit. Like they're not, they're still not the best visuals I've seen. And this is mainly just the overworld I'm talking because the character designs and the monster designs I thought were phenomenal for the most part. Okay. Um, like it was, it was just jarring to look at, and then you kind of you just you kind of just get used to it. So it has less of an impact later on. Um. Yeah, but like the character designs 
are where they're at. At least the monster designs, rather, in, in battles. Like, there's some of the monsters that... There are so many colors, but that's unavoidable in most games. Yeah. Um, but I thought the designs for some of the creatures were definitely unique. Like, I hadn't seen anything like that before, and they kind of fit... I felt like they fit the world that they had made. So, yeah. I would give the visuals a four. A four? All right. Uh, Blaine, where are you at on the visuals? Well... It, it looks like someone opened a pack of Smarties, and those were the, the color palette they decided to use for uh, the overhead worlds especially. Uh, definitely a lot of pastels, colors that aren't typically associated with uh, each other. Um, I, I think they chose this because they wanted that like surreal look, you know, otherworldly type look. And whereas it does do that, it also kind of gives it a, a more cartoony um childlike look on the overhead mats but um the battle imagery that you get you know there's some like uh i remember a t-rex that was uh, really overly detailed and even the little cuter monsters that you fight in the beginning and stuff um just really great and they all have actual moving animations which is something a lot of the uh, dragon warrior games didn't do so when they attack you'll actually see them you know raise their arm and swing or headbutt or whatever it is so pretty cool um not anything groundbreaking, though. Um, I would have to overall just give it like a three, I think. Okay. Um, for me, uh, we can talk about the Easter vomit all over the screen all we want. Um, the color choices were weird. Some of the um, the backgrounds, while good, they still sort of like the, they had a, they made a weird choice for what rocks were supposed to look like. I guess they were supposed to look kind of crystalline and I don't know. It just, it was just, it was a little weird, but it was cool at the same time. Like some of it was, is kind of hit or miss on that. Um, the monsters, like y'all said, are amazing looking. Some of the spell effects are really cool looking. Uh, the Doth guy that you fight in the crystal maze, that guy looked creepy as shit. Cause the big eyeball. And when he attacks you, like a face fades out of nowhere and that sort of stuff. All the bosses were really cool looking. Um, a lot of that was really well done. So I, I would, if they had made a better palette choice, it would have gotten a five from me. Cause I, I'm a sucker for really cool looking monsters and stuff. And a lot of the uh, mercenaries were distinct looking and that kind of thing. And I thought that was all really cool, but that, that freaking color choice. And sometimes some of the, um, some stuff was kind of hard to see behind some stuff. So a uh, four from me as well. I mean, uh, actually, I forgot something. What's that? I forgot that some of the later spells can give people fucking epilepsy fits. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give it a 3.5. 3.5. You're taking a half yeah. a point away from the flashiness. Because I had to look away from the screen every time I casted the spirit spell because I was like, I can't fucking look at this right now. Yeah, it was kind of, some of it were kind of flashy, but uh, I, I don't tend not to have a problem with that. So I can let it go. Now, uh, replayability. Uh, I'll start off on this one. Um, I think... It's it's kind of my same stance we've had on a couple games. If you like the game and how it plays, it's going to play the exact same each time you play it, um, with the exception of maybe you can try for all the mercenaries. There are a few things you can try to do a little differently. But other than that, there's not a whole lot there for when you replay. So I'm going to give it a 2. Nick, how do you feel about replayability on this title? Um, I agree with your assessment completely, pretty much. Like, you can... You can try leveling your spells in a different order, maybe, or just try not using magic as much and use use physical attacks or whatever. Oh God, that seems but, terrible. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, no, but no. otherwise, you're just you're gonna be doing the same thing the whole time. So I'm gonna give it a one point five. 
Okay. Where are you at on replayability, uh, Mr. J? Yeah, this is a game, you know, I played as a kid. I, I rented it and played it to completion and loved it. And then uh, a few years later, as an almost adult, like, you know, late teenager, I uh, bought a copy and tried to replay it and got maybe six hours in and decided not to play and then didn't try and play it again until recently. And there's a reason for that. It's really a one-shot type of deal like like uh nick said yeah you could go in and try and do a, a non-spell casting run or something and i actually watched a youtube video of a guy beating uh dow grin is it without using spirit and that just sounds like something that you Why? know you would have to have absolutely no life to try and attempt Why would you um, do that i can imagine I just, you'd have to be level 99 for that to even be feasible right right likely yeah um yeah, it's it's not really one you're gonna replay unless I I don't know if if this is the game that you uh, fell in love with your wife playing with or something maybe you'll go play it again every year. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to say it's like a one okay. on replayability, but it's definitely worth playing through one time. I think. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, okay, so next up is our overall experience. So. I'll give you the rundown of my overall experiences because like I said, I, we, I went in and I was, you know, kind of concerned that it would be kind of shitty because a lot of cursory sort of uh, looking I did sort of was like, nah, it's kind of bad stories. Stories bland. The visuals are a little off. The UI is terrible. Um, that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I sat down and I started playing and I, I really got to tell you, you know, I really recommend people play it. If they haven't played it, play it. I mean, it's not it's not going to be a waste of your time. It's not going to you're not going to get to the, I don't I don't feel like you're going to get to the end of it and say I wasted however many hours of my life. You know, it's an experience to be had in a genre where there isn't a whole lot, you know, from there can be variation, but there tends not to be people don't like to play with that uh, that that secret sauce and they definitely did with the um, using health for magic and it sort of changes up things on a few levels cuz that means, you know, you're not naturally you're not going to have any healing spells. That means you're going to rely on items for that. And then in a game that's based on magic use, so how much how do you make uh, physical attacking uh, relevant? Well, you do that by making you know, uh, uh, weapons that do cast magic spells. You give armor pieces that cast magic spells. You give um, weapons that attack multiple enemies, a group, all the enemies. Um, that kind of thing give variation in physical attacking as well. And it did all that, and it did it well. And I think it, um, you know, execution of a few things was poor. But overall, you know, I think it is an overlooked title on the Super Nintendo, and people should play it. So my overall score is going to be a four. Uh, Mr. J, you want to give me what you got? I actually, I, I'm absolutely just uh, parallel on thoughts with you on that. This is a game. I think if you're a fan of just RPGs in general, especially of this era, and you haven't played it, you definitely need to play it. Um, I can, you know, my memories of it when I was a kid are just, you know, having a blast. Like I can remember being up well over. 24 hours or whatever just like leveling all the spells to max and so on and so forth and just to be able to beat it in the weekend where i was you know allowed to rent the thing and stuff so uh i i love the game i gotta give it a four as well all right nick where are you at on overall um man i thought we would have somebody with a different opinion (laughs) (laughs) um i like y'all uh actually really really enjoyed this um 
it was definitely it was definitely different in a lot of ways, but uh, similar enough that it wasn't detracting from any kind of experience. Um, I felt like the way that they handled a lot of things were good, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty good game in my opinion, and I was pleasantly surprised. I actually thought from looking at screenshots that I had played this game as a kid, but I hadn't. I'm thinking of something else that I am never going to be able to find this game, but that's okay. I've made peace with that. Uh, but I will give this game a four as well. Okay. Awesome. That's fantastic. Like, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of thought we all might reach this point because it is, it is one of those games where it's just like, you know, well, that was weird, but I'm still having fun. So, or that was, that kind of sucked, but I'm still having fun. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good overall experience. Now, if anybody's going to set out and they're going to play this game, Nick, do you have any tips or tricks for them? Um, sure. So we all know by now um, that if you use a spell in battle, that you will raise the experience bar for it a little bit. Okay. Um, now, what you should keep in mind is that if you do use a spell in battle, you only have to cast a spell of a particular element once to gain the experience points. Okay. Um, casting a spell multiple times in battle won't actually do anything for you, okay. so don't waste your time doing that. Just do one and done, and do whatever you got to do to finish the fight. Um, much like most RPGs, there are items in this game that will give you permanent, permanent rather, stat boosts, whether it be HP, strength, endurance, speed, luck, whatever, or your spirit levels. Actually, you can get like spirit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, please don't use those on the mercenaries. Unless you get to the end of the game and you've got a mercenary that you really like that you want to keep using, like Hawk or Peppy or whatever the hell. Just use it on Chesney or Media because otherwise you're wasting them. Okay. Um, Because a lot of characters will join your party and won't actually stay in your party, you can, while you can't take the recruitment off of them, it may be more beneficial to use their healing belt item things before you use your main characters because when they leave the party you don't have to worry about refreshing them so it's not a great tip but it's just a little something to save you some cash okay um and then really you don't always want to hire a mercenary in the next town some of them are a huge boon some of them are actually a negative like there's one mercenary that if you hire her she won't actually leave your party you can't dismiss her until she dies in battle or when chill joins you if you have her in the last slot um, she will we'll bump out the character and she will go in there. I can't remember her name. Um, but there's other characters, like there's one guy where every time you enter a town, he like takes half your gold and leaves and you have yeah. to recruit him. Like don't, don't even bother with him the first time because he's kind of mediocre anyway. Yeah. Well, um, a lot of those guys are really suspicious when, when you go to hire them where like the guy in the same room is like, Oh, hire me for 2000 gold. And this guy's like, I'll do it for five. Like, don't trust that fucker. All right. Like he's out to rip you off. So I mean, there there are clues on there, and most most often you're going to be switching people out every other town, you know, at least because their their equipment just fades out so fast. Yeah. Just look it up, as as the yeah. the Nick's tried and true tip is look it up. Pretty much. I have one. Um, um your your best your best friend, especially at the end of the game, are Giga bottles. Now these are, um bottles that will restore each member to full health. So fuck your mega bottles. You want giga bottles. There are two of them in the game. To get the first one, right when you get the boat, you come across those corals and keep along the north shore. Um 
keep straight across the ocean until you hit like the second or third land peak you see, you'll see a chest kind of hidden behind the ridges of the mountain. Grab that right there. And then the other one is when you are in the time bubble thing where everything looks gray. Um, there's a shelf in one of the shops where you can snatch that up and equip those to um, Chesney and Midia and just go with it because they're way better than anything else and they'll be extremely handy in the last battle if you're not, you know, out-leveled for it or whatever. Um, before you go fight the last guy, Spirit's damage is based on the uh, Spirit Affinity of all your spells, so you have that last moment in that airship. Go park your ass out front of in a, in a really, like, easy to easy monster zone level up those uh those spirits anything else nick um the other thing is like there's apparently a debug mode that i haven't messed with that okay. if you start a new game and you hold on let me look it up real quick because you gotta do something special with uh chesney's name and you can actually enter a debug menu oh wow hmm. there um there is a also a mercenary um that when you hire him he's really shitty but when you dismiss him and bring him back he comes back at level 55 with a bunch of stuff it's one of the Rostov brothers. I can't remember which hmm. one it is. It's either J or G that um, sort of bugs out. Um, I forget how you do it. I, I, all I know is they kept telling, like, things kept telling me to use him, and I never did. But um, he's very, he's easy to uh, bump up and do cool things with. Um, other than that, I don't hmm. think I have a whole lot. Debug menu sounds interesting. I never stumbled onto that. Um. Okay, so apparently all you have to do is name him any name that starts with lowercase e, and you'll enter the debug menu. Huh. Um, like, <laughs> I can't find any description of what's in there other than you can delete saves. Like, there is stuff I'm Googling for that's, like, patches for debugs menu, that which aren't actually the thing that I want to look at. So. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, um, all right. So, if we have no more tips and tricks, uh, I mean, that's about it. I'd say play the game. Um, what are we playing next? So, this is a long story journey to get to where we are. Um, first start off with, we forgot to say on last show what Nick wanted me to pick between, and then he sent, he finally, I was like, hey, you need to tell me something. He's like, oh, I forgot to do that. And I'm like, this is me reminding you to fucking tell me something. So, he's like, I want some of the four-member party. So, then I go on, and I'm like, all right, four-member parties, and I send uh, Rich Kelly email. I'm like, hey, you know, four-member party if you want to bring something to the table or not. And then he texts me, like, two days ago. He's like, dude, this is what we got to do. I'm like, what's that, Nick? He's like, we should play Final Fantasy VII. And I'm just going to let him audible and just call it like that, and we're going to play Final Fantasy VII next because they have the new the new port, same game, but there's trophies, so, you know, can't help myself. And it, I think we've played a lot of obscure titles on this feed, and I think it's time that we hit we hit a real big name. So, yeah. um, we are, we're going, we're going for the FF seven guys. Um, what I, th- like, what I told him was, was like, we have to start off strong. We got to bring this new year with a bang. Yep. Uh, yeah. cause that was either, that was pretty close. Like I, you were either going to tell me that, or I was going to say like February should be like a, a, a month where we play a new game. Right. So like we did whatever I told you and then February we should play like a newer game. Um, but I like the idea of play five, five, seven. So we're going to do that now. There's no way there's no way. I mean, I probably could, but, um, I'm not expecting Nick to beat it in a month. I'm not expecting me with a new child announced to beat Final Fantasy seven in a month. So the plan on this number is, uh, it'll be two months before your next review, but there will still be a show every other week. So you should have, um, 
three, I believe that's three off-topic discussions in there somewhere, and we're going to plan those out so they're not just us sitting around doing lists or whatever. We're going to sit down and plan those out so we can actually um, provide some some really cool content on those. Um, so just give us give us a little time to beat that one. That's a lengthy game. Anything really over over 30 hours we have to start debating whether we want to run it in two months anyway because like i've said before i try i try and allocate an hour a day and um you know if it's going to be over than that then longer than that it's rough because you know you work a lot you do a lot of things and you know sometimes you just get behind so if you get behind and you're 20 hours behind that's you know that's bad news bears so um i think that's about it does anybody does anybody have anything to add to that? Uh, what uh, what's what's your you're doing an, uh, a review for your next show there, um, Blaine? What what game are you reviewing? Oh, I'll be doing uh, Guardian Heroes for the Sega Saturn. Um, I, it's a game I've been looking for for almost twenty years. I I have fond memories of playing it when I was a kid. Um, I actually I keep uh, compiled with me a list of games that are like the top ten games I'm looking for for my collection, and that's been at number one for the last year. And then randomly, some guy on one of these forums that uh, I'm uh, a member of asked if anyone would be willing to trade a zero the Kamikaze Squirrel for a copy of uh, Guardian Heroes, and I was like, I, that's me right here because that game is crap. And I remember Guardian Heroes was great, so we did it. Game came, and I just absolutely had to talk about it right away. So that's what I'm going to be doing on the next episode. I look that forward is fucking to it. awesome. I look forward to it. Okay, let me pull up the outro here. This is probably going to be loud, but um, all right. Where is that? There it is. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the RPG Show. You can visit our home on the web, therpgshow.com. Guess what? Right there, you go to a link that says forums, click it, you can talk to us. Thank you, Anderson. We love you. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, the RPG Podcast. You can leave us a rating and review, review on iTunes. Each one counts. We love you for it. Um, yeah, you can send us an email. Show at podcast, uh, podcast at therpgshow.com. Retro Kel, how can we follow you, buddy? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Retro Kel. It's K-H-E-M. All right. We can also check his show out on Is It Worth It? That's part of the Retro RPG Podcast feed on iTunes. Leave them a rating and review. Make sure to mention them so they know he's awesome. I think that'll do it. And until next time, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Goodbye, everybody. everybody.